feeling nervous. I'm expecting the thrum of a lightsaber. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Why Why is Darth Vader here with us, Phil? Uh, I think he just wanted to say hello because, you know, Rogue One's here. That's right, listeners. And that's a kind of unfair tease, really. Can I say welcome first, Phil? Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah. Say welcome first. Hey, welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Super Belly Bros in Movie Land podcast. I'm Laurie. I'm Phil. The reason Darth Vader is here is because Rogue One is already out in cinemas. And I don't doubt loads of you listeners out there would have seen it already. Last night, or rather this morning, at one minute past midnight, one minute past the dawning of the day. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, this side of the midnight. Uh, we went... <laughs> <laughs> We're tired, that's an excuse. We went to see Star Wars, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, or is it just Rogue One, A Star Wars Story? Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. And right. we said that we wouldn't talk after the movie, we'd just save it for today when we're actually recording. That's right. But we still stood in the parking lot discussing all I the know, things. I know, I knew that we would. I told you that we would. <laughs> anyway, listeners, don't you worry, because actually, we're not talking about Rogue One on this podcast. No, we're going to make it easy for everyone who doesn't want to hear even a lick of detail about Rogue One. We're going to put everything in two separate episodes one which will be spoiler free 100% just the review no spoilers as best we can manage and then the second part of that review will be all the spoilery stuff for those of you who have seen the film and you want to hear what somebody else thought of it that's right and those two things go together it's almost like part one and part two just listen to them whenever you're ready and we'll release them all at the same time hopefully exciting yeah very exciting it's a it should be a good little podcast sandwich <laughs> Nicely said, Phil, yeah. And apart from that, we're also doing ordinary Super Baby Bros stuff. So in this actual episode, Laurie has gone to see Snowden, which was released on Friday. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Oliver Stone's new movie about Edward Snowden, that uh, famous patriot, not patriot? Ooh. Well, that's the question, isn't it, Phil? Exactly, exactly. So you've gone to see that. I think we're going to be talking about upcoming movies, looking at some of the trailers That's right. 2017. We had some listeners got in touch and said, what do we think about 2017? What are we most eagerly anticipating what trailers have we seen that have really piqued our interest so we're going to play a few clips and trailers we're going to chat about it and hopefully give you an impression of what we're looking forward to i would say we're not really hypey people are we phil i think you're definitely not you anti-hype whereas I'm not exactly I, I, anti-hype. I, I i like a bit of chat about things coming up so that'll be great we hope uh, and then we've got your emails and tweets coming right at the end of the episode as well thank you very much for getting in touch you know why not as you're listening Whip out your phone if you have a thought and just tweet it straight to at superbabybros on Twitter or superbabybros at gmail.com. Yeah, it's so easy. Just oh. from a thumb and a finger. The speed of digital communications. <laughs> yeah, it's been great, actually. We've had lots and lots of different people emailing in and contributing stuff. And One was... of which, you know, slight email spoiler, said they weren't keen on our time machine travels that we've been doing because of the background noise. Apparently it makes it hard to hear. So that's why we're not in a special time or place this year we've decommissioned the time machine for the time being if you love it you need to speak in its defense pretty fast pretty fast in fact you might need to even go back in time to defend it Mm. how about that we also need to mention patreon we've actually launched that now that is a proper actual page which you can go and visit and find out all the information on what it is laurie quick summary yes patreon.com forward slash sorry patreon.com forward slash super bailey bros you can find i think we've got two reward level pledges there one of them is to become a super bailey bros super fan and that's from i think two dollars a month and we'll read out one super fan's name at the beginning of every episode like it's a dedication to you then the next level which i think is at five dollars sorry i'm not remembering this very well is if you would like us to write you 
hopefully a really exciting jingle maybe featuring your name that will be used on the podcast that's right and then really quickly this says all this on the page as well but just a quick summary if you have only listened on the podcast so far patreon is a us based thing so the prices are in dollars sorry about that but everything i think the maximum price is just three pounds or something like that and it has to be done in monthly amounts that's just the way that patreon works but we understand you know not everyone wants to do that and that's totally cool i mean just have a look because there's other ways that you can you can support us too on there and the reason why we're doing this is just to cover our costs there's some costs with the podcast where this is just if you wanted to if you want to support super baby bros and you've been enjoying the show i want to keep it going that'd be great indeed if you're an sbb super fan this is for you so check it out if you can and we'd appreciate you even taking a look that's what's great. the website link again uh, patreon.com forward slash super baby bros and then the final little notice before we jump right in is to say thank you for everyone who's been in touch and has you know joined us in being excited about our bbc oxford christmas film show pre-record that we did earlier this week <laughs> longest name ever sorry i didn't make that very concise <laughs> did i it was great fun and a huge big thank you to al and martin at bbc radio oxford who helped us plan and got us through the show it was great fun doing it sort of minute by minute thing it was genuinely like we were doing actual radio stuff rather than podcasty bumble along stuff. So it's amazing it the equipment in there, man. That was that was good stuff. Thank you very much to you guys, and yeah, do check it out. We will tweet out a link when it comes available. Yeah, and I think we'll mention uh, more about this later on the show as well. Anything else we need to say? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I have that nagging feeling. Maybe we just need to get going. Yes, let's get going. Let's do it, and let's pretend you and I are not absolutely exhausted. <laughs> Well, listeners, I was going to start with a joke to do with Mount Snowden, but I don't think it's even worth making. So instead, (laughs) I'm just going to launch straight into the fact that I have seen Snowden, Oliver Stone's latest sort of biopic about Edward Snowden from the NSA, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Edward Snowden himself and Shailene Woodley as Lindsay Mills, his real-life girlfriend, but I think they've done a bit of character sort of colouring in this movie. Mm, a little bit of uh, Hollywoodization. Hollywoodization, nicely said, Phil. Yeah. What do you know about Snowden already, Phil? I know that he's a controversial figure. Some people say he's a, a national hero for American freedoms because he exposed what the government was doing and making making sure the government is honest. Other people say he's put American lives at risk because he's exposed deep military secrets and there's a real uncertainty about who he is and whether or not he is a guy who's naive and doesn't really understand what scale of the world he's dealing with or if in fact he is really a hero who should be praised and, re- and should be back in the united states well yeah thanks ben that, that's helpful and what he's now in moscow or moscow as they call it in this film as a sort of political exile while he was trying to sort of flee hong kong i think it was he was going via a very circuitous route and going through Moscow. That is the point at which the American government cancelled his passport. So now he's stuck there. So, yeah, a really interesting figure and very relevant to today. It's particularly to do with surveillance and the way that everyone seems to be being spied on. And the big question is, what's probable cause these days with the war on terror? Blah, blah, blah. Lots and lots of thorny issues. Really important to get a clear perspective on it. And you would hope that this is a good way to do so. Are you aware? Have you heard of Citizen Four, Phil? Uh, I think I have. Is that is that the Julian Assange one, or am I getting confused? No, no, no. I, I know what you mean. It, is, it does get confusing. No, it was the documentary starring the real Snowden done by Laura Poitras, where they went and they he sort of did these amazing interviews and gave a lot of this information out. And it was full of sort of really quirky things, like he covers himself in a bed sheet so that no one spying on him can see what his passwords are. And he makes mobile phones go into microwaves so that they can't be used as covert surveillance, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it is in System 4. And you would think that with Oliver Stone now directing something on a very similar 
topic basically but also including some of Snowden's actual life and backstory and the point the things that drove him to make this decision this is a way for the wider public perhaps to access that story because not everyone has seen that documentary perhaps it's not really up everyone's street so something a bit more fictionalized should be helpful and I think that is where the film's problems come in but before we get there let's have a clip shall we Yes, yes, yes. This is Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Edward Snowden and Lindsay Mills, Shailene Woodley, having a little chat. This is early in their relationship when they're wandering around and uh, Edward Snowden is being a little bit cagey about his political opinions and what he does for a living and Shailene Woodley's character is all about, you know, come on, let's talk about freedom, let's talk about love and joy. So have a listen to their little interplay here. Excuse me, ma'am, would you like to sign? I actually just signed. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Too much independent spirit for you? Uh, no, I just don't really like bashing my country. It's my country too, and right now it has blood on its hands. <sighs> Sorry, I just, I have friends who are over there right now. I'm not talking about the troops, I'm talking about the morons sending them to war. <laughs> you mean our commander in chief? Yeah, whatever you want to call him, he's still wrong. How do you know he's wrong? You're just lashing out. No, I'm, I'm not lashing out, I'm questioning our government. That's what we do in this country. That is the principle that we are founded on. Okay, but how about questioning the liberal media? I mean, you're, you're just buying into what one side is saying. Maybe I am, because my side is right. <laughs> See, that's funny, because my side's right. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Why is it smart conservatives always make me so mad? Probably because you don't like hearing the truth. You are a very frustrating individual. You know that? How am I going to make you see? I can see just fine. Thank you. Did that help at all? Nope. No, that did uh, nothing for me. Tastes like liberal. (laughs) Not my thing. So actually, Edward Snowden's a bit of a conservative guy, Republican. Well, yeah, this is the interesting thing about him, because I wasn't aware of this, but he tried to be an elite military guy. He tried to join one of the elite squadrons in the army, but had physical trouble sort of keeping up with the demands that are there. But he was someone who felt very patriotic, I guess, and appeared to really want to be involved in protecting his nation and serving his country. And at this early stage in his life, yeah, he seems to have a slightly more conservative approach to politics and saying, oh, the media is really liberally biased and you don't believe all that, do you? This is the reality of it. A bit, you know, Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Many. Do you know what I mean? What you don't know is actually keeping you safe kind of thing. Mm. And actually that dynamic right there... Oliver Stone is, I think, incredibly unsubtle in wanting that to be the core of his film. He wants to put the kind of, a, what's the problem? Let's be free spirits and love everyone against the people who say, no, no, got to lock everything down, got to keep everything totally secure. And he sort of paints it in a very black and white manner right from the outset. And although Snowden doesn't continually represent that point of view, he sort of glides in between the two as he gets more and more mm-hmm. uncertain. The supporting characters basically never shift. They are from, caricatures. Yeah, completely. And none more so obvious uh, than Reese Efans. What a bizarre casting mm. choice. He plays a guy called Corbin O'Brien. Cool name, isn't it? Mm. And that is based on a character from 1984, an O'Brien in 1984 by George Orwell. Nice unsubtle again, uh, little nod from Oliver Stone there. And he plays Snowden's mentor when he comes into the NSA as a sort of 
code-breaking type guy. He excels in his computer skills in a slightly cheesy way, using lots and lots of jargon, which apparently is not true about the real Snowden. And Corbyn becomes his mentor, saying, you know, I've got big things in mind for you. You're going to help protect us. The new front line is out there. It's on the internet, you know. It's on everyone's phones. It's all communication. You're going to be like our warrior, right. our internet warrior. Why, why are you mm. looking like that, Phil? I, I don't know. It just seems like, it just seems a bit obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But the film doesn't seem to mind about that. Here's another obvious one for you. Nicolas Cage is also in this same sort of area as a sort of a cautionary figure. He's like, hey, kid. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. You're really idealistic. I was like you once. I was a genius. And he's a real cryptographer sort of guy. But what he did was he identified some ways they could save money and not infringe on people's privacy or whatever. And the top brass, you know, shouted him down. And now he's stuck out here in a backwater. Making sense? Right. Could you have any more caricatures to set up the story? I mean, that's that's not what you want with a guy like Edward Snowden, though. Do you want somebody who's kind of... Surely you want a film which is a little bit nuanced and a little bit uncertain. And well, not why, to... do you say, why do you think that? Because surely it's about presenting the information and kind of shifting people over. I think it's in, it surely it just sounds like he's preaching to the choir then. Yeah, well, unfortunately, listeners, Phil is right. And that is entirely how I found this film. Again and again, we're shown sort of callous, conservative-minded uh, individuals within the NSA or various special forces who have no trouble running roughshod over people's personal privacy. So like, there's a moment where he um, is being shown a surveillance network and one of his mates, who's a bit of a geek, uh, who loves this, all this intelligent stuff, shows him how to tap into webcams in computers and phones, even when they're turned off. Right. The light doesn't come on, and there's a lady there getting undressed. And Edward Snowden's like, oh, what, what, what? Do you know what I mean? And he's really obviously uncomfortable about it, whereas the other guy isn't at all. He's like, yeah, this is wicked. Do you see what I mean? It's a, mm. it's a film entirely of polar opposites. And it means, as you say, Phil, it's very hard to get any kind of proper portrait of Edward Snowden. He just is a white knight, kind of, in Oliver Stone's mind. So but then seen. surely at him as a conservative Republican sort of guy, in that clip at least, surely that kind of conflicts with Oliver Stone's ideas of what a, of a good moral person is. Yeah, but that's obviously not how Edward Snowden stays, is it? Because we already know that he leaked all the files. Mm. He was gradually turned against it. And that's the whole film. It's him sort of having growing doubts about the work that he does, having anxious moments. He even starts to have epilepsy which they sort of suggest is brought on by his work, but I didn't think that's how epilepsy works. No. Uh, and everything starts to go wrong for him. His relationship with Lindsay Mills, Shailene Woodley, starts sort of breaking down because he's constantly acting in a paranoid way and trying to get her to stop being so free-spirited because people will be, you know, spying on her. You know, and it gradually... It, one thing it does do well is it shines a light on stuff that I wasn't really aware of. I haven't looked in depth at any of the Snowden mm. files. And it is really fascinating to see that some. this is obviously based in something that is real, however sort of romanticised it is in, in the movie. And some of that stuff is quite, you know, oh, I didn't realise that's how... They could how do that. It's impossible not to hear the battering, you know, ram of political purpose in this movie. And I think basically that undermines the entire thing. It makes everyone a, a caricature. It makes the message actually... It's sort of counterproductive because like you, propaganda, you well, can't exactly, really trust it. Exactly. If you want to convince people, then you have to show the nuances and the conclusion. You don't just say there's no sort of shadows in this story because mm, then all it does is it it makes it seem like it's trying to silence all the other voices, which is kind of ironically what you know Snowden has trouble with. You, mm, see, you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we could get bogged down in this. It is a really interesting movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is brilliant. I think he's excellent. I was going to ask about him because he sounds completely different than well, normal. Well, what an amazing performance with the voice. Like, if you and I, Phil, tried to do that, in fact, have a go. 
Oh, hey, welcome to the NSA. Yeah, would you like to hear a whole film with that voice? Or how about this one? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I guess I didn't really think about it like that. That's a bit better, actually. That's pretty good. I'm pretty pleased with myself. No, but he doesn't make it sound like he's doing an impression. He just makes it sound as though that's how I talk. His mannerisms and his, his eye contact, he's constantly shifting around. His body language, he's very hunched over mm. and inwards. His voice, it's, it's a brilliant character portrait. So you think he, he does a good job? I do. I don't think it's his fault that the film is so one-sided. I think Shailene Woodley is good as well, although she also has a fairly flimsy caricature to work with. Like, Lindsay Mills in this film is very, very see-through. She's obvious. You know, everything about her is just... She wears her heart on her sleeve, and that Oliver Stone clearly wants that because he wants her to start thinking, this is a bad thing. I've got to start hiding mm. who I am. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, anyway, like I'm getting caught up again. It's, it's, too, it's too frustrating to talk about neutrally because it's so overt in what it wants to say. If you could, for a moment, sort of ignore the fact that it's clearly got a very strong political agenda and a very clear bias, what did you think of the direction of the film and how the film is put together? Great, yeah, thank you. A lot of people have said it's like an amazing Jason Bourne thriller. I couldn't disagree more with that. I think it does use sort of shaky cam and very sort of alert editing techniques. So it tries to make you feel like there's something significant happening all the time. Urgency and pace. But honestly, I would say it's more similar to The Da Vinci Code in that really? respect. Really? Really? Well, no, I'm being over the top here, but it's it wants to do the conspiracy thing. It's not really doing Jason Bourne. Like, there's very little action. And what one of the other interesting things about it is that Someone like Bourne, a story like that, is he is on a mission. He's trying to discover stuff, isn't he? He is motivated to do it. This film, that's not really the case, actually. Edward Snowden, actually, the whole film is about how he sort of gradually starts not to trust the stuff that he's doing. But he has so many opportunities to say no to it, and he doesn't for ages and ages and ages. So if anything, it's more like we're just watching this guy wait to change his mind, which is not exactly a thriller. Plot, <laughs> While having all this high intense ed- urgency and editing. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So that's why I say it's a bit more like the Da Vinci Code, which kind of cho- chops stuff up and uses quite glitzy techniques. to. But doesn't actually up. match the yeah. tone of the film or the purpose of the film. A fairly ordinary story. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I enjoyed it and I think it, it's interesting. The score's okay. It's a bit Jason bourne I think there's some really, really compelling stuff to think about. And I was, I did find it fascinating to think through the ethical implications of all this sort of stuff. I just wish Oliver Stone had managed to be a bit more nuanced because then I feel like I could engage with it better. Whereas, I, you know, you, everyone who's been to school and done history lessons learns not to trust unreliable narrators, don't they? Yeah. And this film, like this source, is obviously Snowden himself. Yeah. Like, who's still in Moscow at the moment, a political exile. Like, you, it needed more sort of self-reflection. It needed, does it have any sort of no, no. reflection? I thought it had absolutely zero reflection in, in a sort of almost a, a comedic way. There's actually, and you know, that was quite well exemplified by a, a great Wizard of Ozzy moment that everyone in the screening I was in reacted to in the same way, where Corbin O'Brien, uh, Reese Ephens, the mentor for mm, him, mm. starts having a conversation with him. And it's when Snowden is starting not to trust the people that he's been working with. And he basically does a video conference call where the whole wall is the video. And so there's a bit where Reese Evans walks towards the camera, which means his head just fills this entire room, <laughs> the wall. And it, and it, it's a really, un, again, unsubtle metaphor for like the all-encompassing big brother is watching you mm. sort of message. And yeah, so I think there's, there's a lot to enjoy. It's quite good fun. But, you know, I feel like I just need to learn the real stuff. I wouldn't find this convincing for political purposes at all. But it is, seems to be for that reason. I think that's why he's made it. I mean, look at the guy's back catalogue. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thanks. Sorry. What grade would you give it? Uh, I would give it a B, I think. 
be okay. That's kind of yeah. I think that makes sense. It's quite a fun movie. If you if you want to watch it as a sort of fictional tale, it's quite fun. But it isn't fictional, so maybe I ought to be giving it a B minus. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Any other bonuses? Well, just Nicolas Cage. In this film, he is pure bonus. He's basically not in the film as a real character. <laughs> he serves as a punchline, almost. There's an amazing moment towards the end of the movie where he goes, oh, the kid did it. <laughs> and it's just that like, he looks like, I can't even describe it. You, when you watch it, you'll know exactly how that I That sounds like Nicolas Cage gold. Oh, to a T. And the whole cinema cracked up at that moment, yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. Hey, I've got quite a cool feature coming up for you listeners. This isn't the sort of thing we normally do. Hey, yeah. Well, I was being excited for Hey, yeah. This is, we are going to look ahead to 2017, which is shaping up to be a year of movies. I mean, I, I think it's too early, <laughs> early to say uh, that it's a year of good movies. I think a lot of people would like to start doing that. But you know what, listeners, if we've learned anything with the economic downturn and austerity policies <laughs> all over the world, it's that forecasting is a waste of time. <laughs> but we're going to do it anyway. Am I right, Phil? Yeah, we're going to have a little, a little log line on each of these little upcoming movies. Yeah, just in case there are some you're not aware of or, you know, you can tell probably from the tone of our voice how excited we are, that kind of stuff. This is to stir up a bit of chit-chat with you guys. Mm, and maybe highlight ones which you should definitely check out. And I feel like we should also name-check Nicholas, who did tweet and for some reason asked you, Phil, rather than me, specifically, uh, what we thought about the upcoming trailers uh, for the next year. Good choice, Nicholas. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you for getting in touch. All right, should we start the first one? Yes. All right, here we go. Baywatch. Our team is the elite of the elite we're the heart and soul of this very beach we protect when other people don't want to protect and we go above and beyond if you want me you can have me some other time We're staring into the abyss here. City Council's already cut our funding. It's up to us to restore the Baywatch brand. I'm Matt Brody. Ready for duty. Can you just uh, look at my boobs? I... You should look at my face. I'm trying, but it's so close to your boobs. (laughs) This is the guy you think is a good PR opportunity for us. Use some shots! He's reckless. With two gold medals. How many gold medals do you have? Probably zero. We got a dead body on our beach. That's not our job. Why does she always look like she's running in slow-mo? You see it too? You turned the canals into the damn X Games. Yeah, that's because we were in lifeguard pursuit. There's no such thing as lifeguard pursuit. How do I explain this so that you people understand? You people? You people? Oh, you don't get to say that. You're just tan. Right on. Come on, brother. Yeah, Dwayne Rock Johnson, Zac Efron, and uh, a bunch of other people are in this film. <laughs> yeah, it looks... Uh, it's, it's slightly disheartening, really, that they just take a, a basic franchise now, shove loads of like slightly crude, crass jokes in, and just say, that's a movie. Is that what you think it is? That's what I feel like it is. And I, feel, I feel like it's a bit of a waste of talent, because, well, maybe, maybe it isn't, maybe it is. I don't know. Zac Efron, I feel... I feel like I've got a soft spot for him because I feel like he he was a really talented guy, but he seems to constantly do movies that just seem he is playing the same role just over a bit and over sleazy. Again. But it seems it's so deliberate that there must be a grander tactic at work, Phil. That's what do you I think must, so? That's what I must believe. And the I Zac shall. Efron's green scheme. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well said, Phil. Part of the thing that makes me nervous about this, listeners, is that this is trading on the sorts of slightly annoying nostalgia kind of articles that have been popping up in the last five years or so, where people who are sort of my age, you know, in their 30s, basically, all they seem to want to do is look back fondly on, you know, mega drives and cheesy TV as if it was 50 years ago as opposed to 20 years ago. And I don't I don't have a lot of time for that kind of faux nostalgia. And Baywatch was one of those things. That's why David Hasselhoff suddenly beha- became a comedy figure. Do you remember that? A bit of a meme almost. And everyone was going on about the Hoff. Oh, yeah, it's got the Hoff in it. <laughs> but, I, you know, I did never found that funny because there's nothing funny about it. It's just... Yeah, he was in that. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it slightly remains to be seen. I think there's always the chance for a glimmer of wit in this kind of stuff. Dwayne Johnson is good. I enjoyed him in Central You did have a giggle at some of that uh, trailer jokes, didn't you? Well, yeah, I did. I, you know, I mean, there's some that we can't repeat here. So and that's why Nicholas is asking me. Oh, is it? Mm. All right, well, let's have the next one and, and you lead the way with this. Okay. okay. Planet of the Apes, three. Uh, sorry, War of, for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. There you go. this moment. The irony is we created you. And nature has been punishing us ever since. This is our last stand. And if we lose, It will be a planet of apes. So here we have the third film, as Laurie said, in the kind of relaunch of the Planet of the Apes franchise, which is kind of like a prequel almost to the Charlton Heston movies. Yes, it was. A strange decision. You know, we sort of know what's coming, don't we? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows where this is. This franchise is ultimately going to head to. But it is, I've, I've strangely enjoyed seeing the journey. I've enjoyed seeing Caesar, played by Andy Serkis, slowly mature in his uh, vocabulary and language mm. skills. He's getting the phonics down now. Can you tell? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, it, it was quite a bold move. And I, I think... When I went to watch that first one, what was it called? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I went in fully expecting it to be really stupid. But I think James Franco was just incredibly likeable in it. And he really anchored that whole film. Caesar was quite good fun. Andy Serkis, you want to like the guy. Draco Malfoy, nice to see him out <laughs> of Harry Potter. So I think you especially have a fondness for the franchise. I do. And I think it's because it seems to be treading its own path. It doesn't seem to be wanting to go for easy kind of movie tropes. It seems to want to really actually explore the the ideas of this franchise. And in my, while the idea is quite silly and the title's even sillier... They're taking it quite seriously. They're trying to do something which is original, original piece of sci-fi. I think that's something to be celebrated. It's got a big budget for kind of what is essentially quite an odd franchise to pursue. So yeah, I'm true. I'm weirdly optimistic about this one. I think 
Even with Woodall Harrelson, Woody Harrelson in another post-apocalyptic-y type. Yeah, I think he'll do a fine job. It's not really about the humans anymore. It's much more about the monkeys and seeing how they they progress than what sort of culture they've got going on. I think (laughs) I I saw some bows and arrows in this one, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Oh, interesting, yeah. All right, next one. Logan. Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. Where is she? Beneath the stain. She's like you. Of time. Very much like you. The feelings disappear. She needs our help. You are someone to come along. Someone has come along. Logan. You still have time. So this one actually was trailed before we saw Rogue One very, very late at night. And uh, I, I'd i already told Laurie I quite like this trailer. A lot of people have. And uh, I just looked at Laurie and he was just cracking up. He, obviously, there's something that tickled him. What was it that tickled you about this wonderfully emotive trailer? <laughs> well, I think it was partly the soundtrack. Listeners, uh, I wonder if you remember this coming out. This is Hurt, sung by Johnny Cash there. And that's a cover of a Nine Inch Nails song. Do you remember that? Yep, yep, yep. And I remember friends of mine talking about it a lot and saying, whoa, this is so deep and meaningful and really I don't want my space page. Well, exactly. And it, the truth is, it is, but it's because of Johnny Cash, not because of the song, and not even particularly because of the style of the song. It's because it's this guy with all his history singing this song, which is basically about the regrets of life, isn't it? Mm. And I thought, well, how interesting that that is the choice for Logan, which is doing its very, very best to be uh, a totally different kind of superhero film. Every quote and every comment I've seen about it says, whoa, it's really different from all these other superhero films. Well, it's so different. And I think basically, you know, someone was listening to our podcast where I said, I think superhero movies have basically created their own categories. So they're not really films anymore. And they're like, no, no, they are. Look, 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 look. Here's a, a really old Wolverine. Look, he's got blood on him in some points. And look, he's got gray hair and he looks really like miserable. And that we're doing this really slow camera work that's like it's out of slow west uh, you know oh look, you're not paying oh, look, and here's patrick stewart he's really old as well look he's lying down on the back seat of a car saying things like yes there is still one and look it looks really different here's my prediction no it isn't it's going to be another superhero film with if anything even more cliches that try it's hardest possible to convince you there's something more to it than good guys versus bad guys what's it like living in a world of no hope laurie that's, I mean, that's a very bleak thing to say. Phil. You're I so cynical. So well, the, cynical. What I'm doing is a favour to everyone who thinks it's going to be <laughs> no awesome. No favour. Because everyone will go and see it anyway. Mm. Because it's Hugh Jackman's last outing as Wolverine. Yeah, I love the guy. So and I want to thing. see that. That's I want to thing. see it, but I'm not going in with high expectations. I'm going in with high expectations because it's exactly, I think, what people have been waiting for. You've which been is, waiting for this, have you? Old man is, Wolverine. No, no, no. No, let me finish. Let me finish. I listen very carefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's that people love seeing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He's nailed that character. He owns that character. And Patrick Stewart. And realistically, exactly as well, yeah. But realistically, people have been waiting for a film that's actually going to do his performance, his character justice, his whole presence justice. And this, the thing which I think is looking interesting about this film is it feels like it's slightly stripped back. It feels smaller in its scale and ambition. It's not the end of the world sort of stuff. It seems to be about Logan as a character, but here's the which thing. is kind of what I think these independent films about Wolverine should be about. This is the thing, though. It requires him to actually have a character worthy of that kind of premise. I, As I said, all I see 
is a on its basic premise silly film it's about superheroes it's about x-men trying to come across as a really serious character piece I stop, don't know. stop trying to wear those shoes that don't fit don't, just mm. be yourself you know a leopard can't change its spots where's that from again <laughs> how many cliches do you want to say that that's just so stories oh thank you yeah yeah, Rudyard yeah. Kipling I mean, I mean it's not necessarily true but anyway look I yeah I'm doing I'm being deliberate this is what you wanted this is provocative I city. don't think I wanted this <laughs> I didn't ask for this okay all right should we move on just like Wolverine didn't ask for metal claws. Oh, so down to earth, Phil. I mean, wow, that's really flawed. <laughs> next me. trailer, next trailer, next yeah. trailer. Dunkirk from Christopher Nolan. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. Dunkirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this sun. We have a job to do. If we go there, we'll die. You can practically see it from here. What? Home. Did you uh, spot Harry Styles in there, Laurie? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing that's overshadowing uh, this movie more than anything else. And I, I slightly wonder at the wisdom of it, unless it's an attempt to get One Direction fans into the cinema house. Why do you cast Harry Styles? I mean, why do you cast Heath, Je- Heath Ledger in a Batman movie? It's completely then, different, Phil. But it? it's kind I of mean, the same. It. Was Heath Ledger it's in a boy band? It's kind of the band? same. I don't recall him. What, what kind of songs did they sing, Phil? <laughs> I'm just saying... Kristen Nolan has a history of going for guys that are slightly different uh, than you'd expect. He went with Matthew McConaughey uh, before he had the big resurgence. He, no, he, he went, didn't. He, he did it in Inception, right in the middle of the resurgence. No, no, no. With Interstellar, he got him. I mean, sorry, that's what I mean, Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. so you didn't get it right, man. Oh, come on. With Interstellar, this was before. You had to cast a lot earlier, Laurie, before the, the film started hitting. Cast. I do know because I remember exactly <laughs> what caused him to get cast. It was after seeing uh, Matthew McConaughey in Mud which was quite a small film. Have you seen that film? Yeah, yeah, I know the one, yeah. And uh, Christian Nolan's like, I like this guy, I'm going to go with it. And that's before there was all this this hype around Dallas Buyers Club. It was just, I like this guy in this I thought it was the Lincoln lawyer that really kick-started him. I mean, that was starting to, but that wasn't... And if you've, have you seen Contact, Phil? No, you haven't. Matthew McConaughey plays a guy fascinated in deep space. Are you space saying you saw the reconnaissance? You saw it like last week, man. It's no, not I'm like just, you... I'm just, you know, we're just doing our podcast. <laughs> it's keep, getting all, keep it rolling. It's getting all fighty, isn't it? I, I feel like Harry Styles might, might just pull off something good what about the actual film though this is based on the evacuation of dunkirk a really famous uh, war story a horrifying true life event yeah i'm not convinced by the trailer it doesn't look that exciting it doesn't look particularly enjoyable it doesn't look it doesn't really look like a full movie it doesn't what? look like it's rounded out enough there's not enough there because it's it's people getting off a beach isn't it well yeah i'm fighting on the beaches i have to admit it doesn't look like home turf for christopher nolan at all it makes me wonder whether he's trying to escape his sort of current typecasting or type whatever it is. Mm, I don't know, but I think something which you could say about um, Christopher Nolan films is he's often got a very strong idea, which is quite well plotted, even if you don't like the eventual outcomes of those stories. Always beautifully produced as well. Yeah, and it's and it's got a very clear, this leads to that and that leads to this and, and so on and so on. Whereas I just don't see where this story can go, even though it's got 
this huge event. I can't see the storylines emerging. I can't really see uh, a film from this. I feel like it would be like watching the beach sequence from Saving Private Ryan as a whole movie. And that just seems exhausting and gut-wrenching and not not a sort of movie that I'm eager to see, I have to say. Well, I mean, it is quite different because it's much more about an evacuation than a battle. And that's part of it. And we've got Killian Murphy in there as well, currently serving time on Peaky Blinders as a tough lad from Birmingham. Uh, yep. I'm interested to see what will happen because it, it seems so different. It's not what I would have expected from Christopher Nolan going forwards. Harry Styles is bizarre, but I sort of want to forget he's in it. And I'm going to go in fairly medium expectations, I think. I think it could be good. Okay. All right. Last but not least, or at least the last one that we're going to cover, there are loads and loads of films coming out next year, listeners. And if you do, if you've enjoyed our little arguments about trailers mm. and upcoming movies, maybe we'll revisit it at another episode. Potentially. I mean, we're winding down to Christmas, aren't we? So yeah. anyway, look, look, look. let's do Spider-Man Homecoming. What's up, guys? Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Awesome. Is Liz getting new top? No, you've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stops staring before it gets creepy, though. Yeah. Too late. You guys are losers. So, to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm so sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. Now, Phil, just before we start talking about this, I, you know, this is Phil's choice here. You need to defend yourself because we're now not going to be talking about Silence, the Martin Scorsese movie. We're not going to be talking about Manchester by the Sea, the Screen Actors Guild uh, uh, leading the nominations in the Screen Actors Guild at the moment for Casey Affleck. We're not talking about Sing. There's loads of films we could be talking about. Train Spotting 2, there's loads. Blade Runner, Ghost in the Shell. I just want to see you blow your lid because I, I knew you it? would because I didn't really like the look of this trailer. I have to say I didn't like it. And if I didn't like it, you were going to hate it. I didn't hate it. I just, I've seen that film already. Haven't you? That's all there is to say. It's like you've gone past the the hate and anger, and now you're just now you're just disappointed. Yeah, well, I'm not angry. I am just disappointed, Phil. I think what, what do they think? Who do they think they are? I mean, what, what's going on? They're just pulling a Spider-Man coated uh, like wool over our eyes. Is that right? <laughs> it's like web uh, over our eyes? You know, what I mean? yeah. That's thank you, Phil. They're pulling a web over our eyes so that we don't realise it's exactly the same story that we've already seen. What's the difference? They t- picked younger actors this time. Well, okay, let's see how they do. I like Tom Holland, isn't it? I think. Yeah. He was great in uh, Civil War. Uh, yeah, Captain America: Civil War. But you know that was just an action spectacular. The real thing that makes me pessimistic is the amount of Iron Man that's going to be in this film. There you go. 
I thought that is that would, it? Is that all you wanted? Yeah, you I just, say something. I just wanted to hear you get all cross because I thought I've already done enough of that. If I think. you get cross, then when I get cross, it won't sound sound so bad. We'll and, get, uh, come on, then let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, I didn't like the look of it. I think it just looks a bit tired and a bit misjudged, and it just makes the Tobey Maguire Spider Man look even better. Masterpiece. I really think it it's seems brilliant. so fun, and this I think feels paint by numbers. It feels safe and just tried and true classic marvel film and i yeah it's, it's i think this is the first time where i felt i saw a trailer for a marvel film i thought oh it was aimed at kids isn't it obviously i think and it makes me sad we talked about this before in a feature ages ago that rewatching movies is just off the agenda now so kids are not going to watch toby Maguire as spider-man in that original trilogy they'll watch this and maybe if they're feeling particularly bold and hipster-like, they might watch The Amazing Spider-Man. You should check <laughs> out Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. He's really good. Yeah, exactly. I think was, I was, the original was so much better. Like, it's just what... Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Actually, i slightly regretting this now. Could we just talk briefly about silence, having already mentioned Andrew Garfield? Can we make sure it's positive? Yeah? Yes. <laughs> Let's do that. All right, silence then. Our Lord said to them, Go ye into the whole world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Ferreira is lost to us. He denounced God in public and surrendered the faith. That's not possible. Father Ferreira risked his life to spread our faith all over Japan. It seems to me that our mission here is more urgent than ever. We must go find Father Ferreira. This is in your hearts, then, both of you? Yes. Then I must trust God has put it down. The moment you set foot in that country, you step into high danger. The price for your glory is their suffering. It's too dangerous. We ask for this mission. I pray, but I'm lost. Am I just praying to silence? you i've got to be honest phil that feels like the film that we've played the trailer we played that has the most actual quality in it so far doesn't it look just like a great movie yeah well i'm already fascinated i I want to know more about the story it looks like a really intriguing and quite obscure setting to base a film on what is it so we've got jesuit priests trying to track down a missionary who's renounced his faith or something yeah in Japan, japan which is i think just a really bizarre idea for a movie and it's got Adam Driver from Patterson, who, yeah, you, love who you're a big fan of, and Kylo Ren in uh, Star Wars. And then also it's got Andrew Garfield, who is a good actor. I know he is a good actor, even if you haven't seen him in something mm. good. And then you've got Liam Neeson. It just looks like visually, and I know, uh, but sorry, listeners, you won't be able to see the visuals that go with that trailer. Well, you can find it online easily. And yeah, you can. Please find do. It. Go on YouTube, check it out. It just looks stunning, even in those little brief snip- snippets that they do. It just looks like it's going to be a really well-made movie. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I've got a real soft spot, as you already know, Phil, for uh, the amazing countryside of Japan and uh, some of the cinematography there. Even in the trailer, looks pretty breathtaking. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Oh, wow. That is really one to look forward to, listeners. And that is going to set a high bar, is my prediction. And it's directed by Martin Scorsese, just in case anyone needs any other reason to see that one. Yeah. Okay, well, is that all we're going to do? I think so. I think if there's any other films coming up that you'd like to hear our thoughts on, do let us know. Email us in superbailybros at gmail.com or you can tweet us at superbailybros. Yes, and I'm sorry, it wasn't my intention to be downbeat on those comic book movies. I think You just can't help it, can well, you, Phil set me up for that. Though. <laughs> you wanted us to do those. So, but, you know, I can't help it, Phil. I'm, I'm passionate about these things. Mm. And, yeah, anyway, let's not go there again. Okay, listeners, here are your emails and tweets. Thanks so much for getting in touch over the last week. Yeah, it's great to hear them. Are you going to give us another song, Phil? I quite enjoyed the one from last week. Can you just play that one again? I can't remember it well enough, so why don't you just do it again? 
emails. Great, really delighted. <laughs> okay, to start with, uh, Elizabeth tweeted us, at Super Belly Bros, off to see Arrival tonight. Excited to see if it's as great as build on the podcast. And Phil, hold your breath. <gasps> she tweeted back almost immediately after to say, wow, Arrival was incredible. Definitely yes. with Phil on this yes. one. Plus one to you, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. Still Thank you very much. Still thinking about it the day after. That's exactly how I felt as well. I remember just, just pondering over all the little elements in my mind and just loving how rich it was. So I'm glad somebody else agrees with me. Are you glad someone disagrees with me on the whole there, Phil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more agree. More, I'm more happy about the agreeing than the disagreeing. Good, good. Okay, Confucius got back in touch. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, for getting in touch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not annoyed that you disagree. <laughs> I promise. A little I'm bit. Not, you, I'm, no, no, I'm really, you can't really, see his face, listeners. I'm genuinely, he's, I've got he's got a, a frown like a Don't crown. Don't you dare lie. <laughs> a crown I, for everyone a frown. knows I'm a big grinner behind the scenes. Who <laughs> 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 knows what that means? Okay. Uh, Confucius gets in touch and says, Dear Super Betty Bros, nice to hear from you, Confucius. Now he's body. So talking about Moana now. And this ah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. to do with your question, Phil. Mm. And you said he looks a bit odd. He's got beady eyes and he's built in a sort of weird frame. Confucius mm. says, Maui's body build is actually quite okay. A bit of an exaggeration, but a great reflection on how strong, tough and well-built a Polynesian man can be if he puts in the effort to work out. Apparently, people from Polynesia have a metabolism that is three times faster than average men. Really? And that explains why The Rock is so good looking. <laughs> right. is, he, is he Polynesian of Polynesian descent? I wouldn't want to say in case I get it wrong. Okay, all And right. he'll beat me up. <laughs> and uh, well, he qualifies that saying, it's a genuine bro-to-bro compliment there. So if <laughs> The Rock, if you're listening, <laughs> there you go. Confucius is a fan. Before the release of the film, I did do a bit of research trying to find out exactly what cultural people group Moana and her village represent. And I just couldn't pinpoint it down to a particular culture. Moana means ocean slash sea in Maori and Hawaiian, or blue in Samoan and Tongan. In some of the songs in the film, they use the word atua, which means God in Maori and Samoan, then those tattoos. Then halfway through the film, the penny dropped for me. I mean, they are voyagers, and this film is an ancient tale. Of course, they were going to sail to different parts of the world before their individual cultures and languages started to change and become diversified. So what he means is... Maybe this film, the reason it is a combination of Polynesian myths, which is something that I said, is because it's an imaginary time before they split off and created the different tribes. Ah, interesting. That's interesting. Do you agree, Lloyd? I Well, who knows? I mean, it's a fictional tale. I think, you know, I'd like to agree with you, Confucius, because that's quite a positive spin. The film doesn't set itself in any particular time period, as far as I'm aware, because Maui himself has already been around for a thousand years before the film starts. Right. So, yeah, I think more. it's more likely they just grouped it together to make it fun. And more, um, more easily packaged. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, he says, for that reason, I really liked how they made it all Pacific Islands friendly. Despite the poorer last third, like Laurie said, it did hit all the spots for me. So, plus one to Laurie. Ah, oh, well done, Laurie. I really liked Moana. I think I gave it an A minus, didn't I? No, I think yeah, I think B- I did. Plus, You've not uh, seen it though, Phil. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't been able to see it. Is it, it on your to watch list? I would like to see it. I think if it is better than Frozen and all that sort of In stuff. In my opinion, it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm all for that. And it sounds like a good premise for a movie. I'd quite like to check it out. You should do, and then let's chat about it. That'd be mm. fun. Okay, he carries on. United Kingdom is a satisfying watch indeed. I'm going to take up the blinking challenge next time I see Rosamund Pike. <laughs> <laughs> well, bl- only blink when game. she blinks. Well, can you imagine? You'd be dried out. <laughs> oh, it'd be awful, awful. I did look back at the clips, Phil, and you're totally right, man. Her eyes are staring and wild and not a blink in sight. Like Medusa. But a very pretty one. Well recovered. A little postscript here to finish off. Not too sure what you guys were doing making all those funky noises. Uh, Some did sound like you were constipated. Charming. Uh, Great laugh indeed. That's the whales. Well, I believe you might be talking about our whale song, yes, at the end of last week's show. It's a long time ago now. Well, we were aiming for soothing, so, you know, I'm going to assume that was (laughs) a There was one sound you did which was very impressive. 
Was it? Yeah. I, I think it went like this. Should I try again? It went, uh, maybe this is bad. Listeners, if this is all a mystery to you, listen back, listen back. Okay. As usual, lots of love from your most faithful fan, wise man from the East, Confucius. Thanks, Thanks. Confucius. Yeah. We've had quite a few bits of correspondence for what we've been watching. And listeners, if you did get in touch about that, uh, this is just a side note, then have a listen to what we've been watching for your emails there. We're going to put those at the beginning of that episode. Yeah, and please do check out that podcast and even maybe even leave a review. Oh, yeah, please do leave reviews. We've got two on there at the moment. And, you know, I know we're getting more people listening to it. So if you could leave us an iTunes review, that would be great. Just enough so we can get the stars appearing next to the name would be fantastic. Yeah, we'd really appreciate that. And uh, we've been doing some good films as well. So it's Yeah, good. I'm having fun. We find it. I think we find it a bit easier, don't we? It's just a bit more relaxed because it's not the current releases. It's not the big, big... No pressure. Ticket items, it's just movies hey, like you, The Parent hey, Trap. What, what you been watching, man? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, watch this. Yeah, okay, great. let's move along. Uh, Nicholas got in touch with an email, and this, are you ready for this, Phil? There's some heart in this message. He says, retrospective, episode 11B. Do you remember the days of B episodes, Phil? I think you do more than I do, because I said we never should do letter Bs. You were right, you were against it from the start, but Nicholas clearly does, and he's subtitling it Youth. Dear P brackets H Ixel and B R brackets L Lorry. So what he's done there is uh, Fixel and Brory. <laughs> he's sort of going with Pixels and Bros, but I appreciate ironically that. that's the wrong way around. Yeah, I'm it? more of a Pixel. You're more of a Bro, aren't you, Phil? I'm Team Bro. That's true. Okay, but anyway, uh, I like I like that nice intro. Your time machine may have indeliberately caused me to travel back to episode 11B, a time few people remember when the sound was slightly grittier. True story. True dat rather. <laughs> and true dat. Uh, true hashtag dat. what I've been watching hadn't learned how to fly yet. Still, more than 10 months later, this episode was a real treat and will be remembered as a super baby bro classic. Hashtag cheese or wine. Do you remember 11B, Phil? I honestly have no idea. I can't remember like four episodes anymore. It's just uh, a mystery. It's just, we're so current, Laurie. We're just so on the money. (laughs) Mm. I decided to watch Youth on Amazon Prime, knowing very little about it. I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie gem. The camera work and soundtrack were beautiful, while the acting and script provided a magnetic, even sometimes surreal atmosphere. Overall, it felt like a movie Wes Anderson can make in 20 to 30 years' time. Quirky, but with more maturity and reflection. Kudos to Laurie for recommending it plus one. That will balance it out because I, if I remember rightly, you showed it to your wife and she mm. gave it a very big fat minus one. Yeah, you babysat for us in one of our very rare date nights and uh, she hated it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that, right. was a, that was a big no for, for youth from Judith. No, I'm glad you liked it, Nicholas. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think that's going to be on my Christmas list this year, in fact. It's, it's L- one I'd enjoy. L- let me just write that down. <laughs> Uh, is it me, he says, or is Laurie starting a year ahead? Yeah, I think we said that last week, didn't we? Having previously given Phil plus one for Creed, uh, brackets, has he seen any Rocky movies since? Yeah. No, you haven't. I know you <laughs> I kind of have. I've seen them all. You haven't seen the first one? I've seen their spirit. No, you, Phil, what a <laughs> pompous thing to say. Uh, I'm afraid I'll have to strike him with minus one. You ready? Why, why, why? What have I done? Short term 12, Phil. Oh, pish, pish posh. He says pish no posh. need for justification. Full stop. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> well, this is not even a defense. <laughs> I think I'm allowed to see my accuser or something like that. No, is that no, not no, a thing? No, 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 no. Also, True Grit is definitely in the top of my watch list. So is Edge of 17. Despite your surprisingly negative review, uh, C+. Let's keep an eye on Hayley Steinfield. Fellas. Yeah, I agree. Check out her. She's a good actress, but... Um, um, that film just didn't work for me. Okay, and finally, he's wrapping up here. Congratulations from John Fashnew on getting more and more involved with BBC Radio and being invited to events as movie critics and fans. Loads of great things happening in a year. I'm so happy for you. That's nice. That's very really nice. Thanks, and Nick. I can't wait for your Christmas special on the radio. Do you want to tell, tell the listeners about this? 
Yeah, there's not loads and loads to say. We recorded that this week. Listeners, we had loads of fun. A massive thanks to Al and Martin from BBC Radio Oxford who helped us plan the session. And, you know, it was, it was great because it was, it was an hour long and we recorded it as live. So it was like being there on a radio show, Phil, and, you know, hobnobbing while the songs were being played, that kind of thing. It was thing. kind of crazy. It was exciting, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was, and we, we hope that it worked out really well. So I think that's going to be released on December 28th. You think it might be 27th? We it's don't around really that know. time, just after Christmas. So, uh, yeah, we will tweet out a link once it's on the iPlayer or the iPlayer radio, whatever it is. Yeah, or if you have got a digital radio, why not tune into BBC Radio Oxford at the right time? And he also adds that part of the reason he went back to listen to that episode is that he realised it was the first one he'd ever emailed in on. Was it really? Yeah. Oh. Well, Nicholas, you've stuck with us for a good, what, 40 episodes? So That's impressive. Thank Thanks you very, very much. much. We appreciate the long-term listenership. Uh, and, well, it's always a joy to get your emails and read them out. So thank you too. Uh, he says, sorry for the long email. No, love it. Uh, nostalgia and Christmas joy have made me very chatty. Your fan, St. Nicholas. Okay. <laughs> Getting ready to fly for the holidays. Big or small, we love them all. Yes, as I said last <laughs> week. Do you know what? He's actually put a PPS just before we move on. He says, oh, I still haven't seen any of David Samuel's photos, by the way. He's uh, wondering if we could put up a, uh, a gallery on the website. I will get on that. I'll get on that. <laughs> will you okay. mm-hmm. a quick few tweets here from Alistair at Sooth Betty Bros hi guys haven't tweeted for a while but saw a cracking film lately The Shallows which is the best shark film since Jaws and Alistair I can tell you we covered that but it was James Luxford a uh, national film critic who joined me for a, a show a little while ago who reviewed that and he loved it as well so I've still wanted to check that one out and I you're a Blake Lively fan aren't you She's beautiful. No, oh, come on. That's she not is. That. She <laughs> is. And she's so appealing. Like, she's beautiful inside and out. That's what I mean. He does say she's great in it and the shark effects are very well done. I really liked her in that Woody Allen film that we saw. What was that called? Cafe Society. Yeah, I thought she was great in that. So yeah, she was all right. And he, he, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> keep, keep moving. We've got loads to get through. He, um, he also says that she looks better than Richard Dreyfus. So I guess he kind of agrees with you. <laughs> He's also excited about Rogue One. And he does say, loved your latest podcast. I'm going to see Sully tomorrow to see if your review fits. And thanks to the magic of time, I suppose, we have his response. <laughs> and he says, Super Betty Bros, saw Sully earlier and have to disagree with your view. Minus one for Lottie. Yeah, I'll take it on the chin. Hanks and Eckert were great. There can be good padding. Well, Alistair, I mean, you've, you've really given me one to the jaw there. <laughs> there can be good padding. Padding. Because, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. And I know a lot of people have loved it. You know, lots of critics giving it five stars even. I don't know what everyone else is seeing in it. Uh, for me, it, it just didn't work that well. But I'm really, really glad that you were able to enjoy it. We call them like we see them. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm glad you're acknowledging there is padding in it because it definitely is filling out a story that really there's not that much to uh and you know it has even been criticized by other people for adding in more antagonism like the ntsb are properly angry at the way that they've been portrayed so yeah anyway i love I, how I'm you're, you're like spinning <laughs> out this minus one into sort of a slightly you're using your wizardry of words to try and make it seem like he's agreeing with you he's agreeing with me <laughs> but no, he, disagreed. Just <laughs> he said i'm going to disagree with laurie minus one laurie thank you for agreeing with me alistair really appreciate <laughs> it's ridiculous. It. uh okay very, very last one. Dear Super Bailey Bros, Super Bailey Dad here. Hi, Super Bailey Dad. Hey, Dad. Just wanted to say what classy listeners you have. Self-pat on the back there. I was very impressed by the insightful comments of Mr. and Mrs. K about the United Kingdom and wanted to add that there seems to be quite a few race racism issue films around at the moment. There was a slash between race and racism in Fairfield just to... Oh, uh, right. You wasn't just you? misspeaking. Yes, no, exactly. I was. Uh, will Birth of a Nation live up to its earlier namesake? Have fun on Radio Oxford. Thank you, SBD. Thank you very much, Dad. Yeah, I think that's a good question. What have you heard of Birth of a Nation, Phil? Have you it's seen it? It's different from... It's, isn't it the Birth of the Nation? The Birth of a Nation, yeah. 
Yeah, this, this is an interesting one because it's kind of like a response to a very old film that I actually studied in university uh, called Birth of a Nation as, as well. But that was about the Ku Klux Klan and was massively racist and kind of presented a narrative of America. It was an epic, but a very racially charged one. And then we've got this new film coming out, which is uh, kind of addressing that. It's I don't actually know the plot of it. So it's about a real, a real figure. And he was uh, essentially a very, very clever black guy and... I don't know all the ins and outs. So I haven't seen it yet. It's on my to watch list. But I think he becomes a preacher. And through his sort of cleverness, he manages, he spots that even, you know, the Bible, which is being used as a way to enslave people, basically, he says, no, this is rubbish. I know the Bible. And I'm saying it's not like that. It's against slavery. And he sort of leads kind of mini revolution uh, while slavery was a really big deal in America. So it's, you know, an amazing story about uh, racism and the history of it in America, but it's got a lot of controversy surrounding it. I mean, understandably, race is such a big issue in American identity, politically and historically, that it's always going to cause controversy. Well, and also Nate Parker, the star, and I think the writer, I'm not sure, uh, he has had legal trouble in the past, which has resurfaced recently, and that's put a real sort of sour note on the whole thing. And there's all these questions now about, well, can you appreciate a work of art, in quotes, apart from the people who made it, which is a question we've talked about before. Yeah, can you divorce the product from the person? But yeah, no, good spot there, uh, Super Belly Dad. Um, We will try and watch that and let you know our thoughts ASAP. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Okay, well, those are all the emails we got, Phil. That was a lot. That's a lot there. Yeah, thanks so much, Sisters. We love gaming. I them. think if we'd put the Rogue One bits in this episode, we wouldn't have gone through that many emails. Do you think not? I think we're indulging the listeners with the, the amount of emails they're getting. Well, I hope you feel that way too, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Great. Well, there's uh, season two, episode three, episode, no, four, <laughs> episode 54. I still don't know. Numbers are not my strong suit with this kind of thing. No, no, no. Thank you very much for listening, listeners. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Snowden, on those movie trailers, on anything, any of those topics raised during the emails. Send your thoughts to superbellybros at gmail.com, at superbellybros on Twitter. Uh, do check out our Patreon page if you can. That's patreon.com slash superbellybros. Listen out for what we've been watching, especially if you haven't listened to it yet. Just type in superbellybros into iTunes or whatever or look for what we've been watching I'm just getting breathless Phil anything else to say? Covered it all man you, you, that was all in one breath as well Should we tell them what we're going to do over the next few weeks? Yeah what are we going to do Laurie? <laughs> I said tell you're not going to take that it's me again okay well listeners we're going to do a Christmas special slightly more informal Phil and I are going to be in different places Is it uh, just going to carry us through to the New Year's? So? Yeah we'll keep it we'll keep stuff in place and then we'll come back with a bang uh, in 2017 where we'll be reviewing La La Land of course which is already seen mm, yeah exciting film hotly tipped for lots of awards at the moment and i think we'll probably it'll probably be like a christmas quiz on one of the episodes won't it i look back are we doing that again? yeah yeah <laughs> come on make it all christmasy we get we used a lot of christmas content in our bbc show so we won't repeat that i don't think no and actually if you do really the bailey bros podcast around christmas is if you want to get a proper real episode do check out uh, the one which we did with our ryan on bbc oxford it's a i think it's gonna be a good one yeah me too i'm looking forward to hearing it back <laughs> i'm slightly nervous about it as well um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, tune in for some a bit of fun Christmassy movie stuff. All right, bye listeners. Have a great week. Thanks very much. And do let us know what you thought of Rogue One. Yeah, please do. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Laurie, were you in the school nativity? I don't have much memory of it, actually, Phil. No. Yeah, I'm- I have no recollection at all of being anything.
I don't think my, our schools really did nativity very much. We did lots of other productions of which I tended to have very low key parts, like being a cameraman that wasn't even allowed on stage and I had to make my own cardboard camera. <laughs> cardboard camera? Yeah. I had pretty good roles in the school plays, actually. Did you? Yeah, uh, my deputy head teacher at school, he wrote a play called Jason and the Juggernauts. Oh. And I played a Greek version of John Lennon. Wow. There was the Muses, which were the Beatles. And uh, this is slightly awkward. That's quite advanced stuff right now. I know, I know. wrote it. For a primary school as well. But what was slightly awkward is that, uh, (laughs) I don't know quite how to say this, because it's quite quite funny, but also a little bit charged. I don't know. But there was was an Asian girl who had come to the school. She was a transfer student to the school. And she became the kind of Yoko Ono to my John Lennon no, within really? the context of the play. And what was quite funny was well, then... as part of the story, As mean? part of the story, yeah. yes. She ruined the muses, the Greek muses. Oh, no. But then also she started following me around in the playground. And so... What, in real life? In real life. So I had she a very really weird... She was your Yoko <laughs> She was my Yoko Ono. And I didn't know what to do. She was kind of ruining my friends and everything like that. Well, genuinely, it was a real life Yoko Ono yeah, yeah, so oh, I bet she was lovely, Phil. She was a very nice girl, but I couldn't really... She didn't speak... She didn't speak much English, so I couldn't really talk to her. You're right, Phil. This is charged. It's I don't, and, and I'm not real saying real life earthy it's just story. Was, right I didn't here. make the decisions. This is just how it, I was like <laughs> seven. So don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. But I thought that was a bit weird. Just think how your life could have turned out if you'd embraced it like John Lennon and got to know this girl, got to know a new culture, got to know a new language. Yeah, yeah. But are you, I didn't, are you so. actually imagining it right now? No. <laughs> a little bit, no. a little bit, but no, nah, I'm, I'm okay with how I am. Well, Phil, you know, there's time for us. I'm a dad, so there's time for us to be involved in nativities as we go along. Maybe you and I could run one. You know, we could write our own. How's that? <laughs> Super Paley Bros. Super Paley Bros. Nativity. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be awful? Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good one. I, I, I enjoy that, Phil. Well done. Uh, yeah, good one, Phil. Yeah, well, I can't even do it for, like it for <laughs> let a joke me anymore. Do, let me let you start okay, again. Say, right, uh, ah, the Zac Efron screens. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, say it again. Ah, the Zac Efron screen scheme. <laughs> yeah, well said, Phil. BBC Radio Oxford at the time. Yeah, and we will tweet the live oh, I bit. Said at the time. <laughs> tweet for the time. <laughs>